Fighting Talk NZ. Fighting Talk NZ. Be pretty good after training, I'd imagine. Yeah, I was just I was just telling Scotty that um, yeah. after after you finish training, they have like a shake, and you can get like CBD, like the CBD tea, and they yeah. just mix it in with like the protein shake. Um, but it was, it was just funny because I ordered it and I asked to have a banana protein powder and a shot, and the guy was like, <laughs> he told me no, it's toxic, and I was yeah. like, I said to him, nah, it's not, man, just put it in. And he was like, okay, you, you sure? And I was like, yeah, just put it, bro. It's all good, man. And he was like, okay, okay. I never did it before. So I was like, don't worry, man. I'll be your guinea pig. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> it was fine. One. It was fine. I felt great. Yeah. yeah. My stomach was never better. Oh, that's <laughs> really? good. That's... Yeah, so it's got this, it has you got genuine medical um, benefits here? Yeah, so CBD is, uh, is an anti-inflammatory. I mean, like, it's still kind of like, in like discovery in terms of like whether it's got good high levels of eff- efficacy i think um it really comes down to like what what works for the individual and you see like lots of different athletes recommending it and stuff and i i think there is some merit to it so i think you know if, if it makes you feel better a lot of the time that's all you need right just that feeling of like yeah i, f- I feel better you know and it just it takes the edge off those hard trainings you know you just don't feel yeah. so so yeah. sore and that and then it's yeah. easier for you to get to like into like a rest state, you know, and then recover and then come yeah. back to the next training. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I Espe- especially in Thailand, though, when you're, yeah. um, when you're kind of, if, if you've been over here and you're sort of maybe not used to that, the kind of intensity that it is in Thailand, you know, when you're doing five or six days for a start twice a day when you're used to training once a day, <laughs> it, uh, probably a big help, eh? <laughs> oh, no, it's brutal. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, well. Should we kick into it, eh? Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. So you might you lead the charge, Mark. You've got a pretty good um, yeah, yeah, pretty I'll good topic ahead tonight, eh? Yeah, we'll just ask uh, questions along the way and yada yada. Yeah. Just interrupt as per normal. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, all right, guys. So today we're going to talk about uh, Muay Thai mathematics or Muay Thai matching mathematics, which is really about how I suppose um, everyone thinks about matching fairly. So. I suppose the hard part is when you're matchmaking is you want to make the fights as even as possible. Um, well, on paper anyway. And often, like uh, like a recent example was we had a guy who had um, 70 Taekwondo fights, but he yeah. had like yeah. a Muay Thai fight, you know. And um, New Zealand champion went to the Worlds. So multiple New Zealand champions went to the Worlds. So we're talking like a good guy, you know. Yeah. So then the question is, how do you rate that? You can't say that uh, it's not worth any um, fights, but obviously you can't say it's worth 70. So I, I suppose that's where the, the conversation for me starts, is like, and then we, I suppose we can talk through other ones. So. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good point, eh? Like, um, I think like my background originally when I started was Taekwondo, um, yeah. and I had uh, just under 50, 40, 47 Taekwondo um, yeah. you know, bouts, I guess. Um, when I transferred over, like when I started getting into kickboxing and into Thai, there was definitely benefits to it for me as far as um, my footwork and stuff like that went um, and being able to kick better off my left leg than I probably normally would have been able to. 
Um, but I'm seeing these guys. I know there was a guy on your show recently. Um, yeah, there's a guy I'm talking about, actually. He fought out of there, and and it's happened that there's a guy um, from Muay Thai Christchurch with David Bendel, yeah. um, who's also got a pretty solid uh, Taekwondo background. And, and those guys, I don't think they look that out of place. Um, you know, the Taekwondo, it definitely makes them nimble, it makes them fast. But I don't know whether it's making a hell of a lot of difference. It definitely gives them that ring experience and they definitely got that skill. I think Taekwondo, maybe more so um, Kokushin because it's a little bit yeah. more um, like kicks to the legs and stuff like that and a little bit more f- full on. Yeah, um, I suppose that the closer the sport is, in the more relevant experience. So, so for example, with, with this fight, Steve, we had um, the guy was really good, and he fought, he fought another guy who's good as well, and the other guy was on about uh, seven or eight fights, and he, he won a close decision. You know? Okay. So, so if, you, if you say mathematics, and the decision was close enough to say it was close enough, um, he kind of outpointed him by, by, by a reasonable margin, but it wasn't like, a, you know, a, a super runaway. So you could almost say, well, maybe 70 fights to eight, the time mm. that was is kind of about right and in, in that particular instance yeah mm. you know? my, my initial kind of like response was, was around 10 yes. um but I, yeah. but but i think like yeah like that that sounds like pretty fair to me to be honest bro like yeah um, like based on the example that you gave like 70 ish 70 odd fights mm. i was like oh, it's probably around about like 10 fights but yeah maybe like the thing the only thing that we got to factor in here like you you made that point too like how close is it to the actual sport itself of course and i mm. feel like with taekwondo there's just like there is, there does tend to be quite a lot of like low, like low contact. You know, like there's not so um, much impact. Depending, depending on the variety of taekwondo, so, so I, right, I, okay. Um, so I suppose we say that the things that are similar, yeah, uh, performing in front of crowds. If you go to the world champs and you're going overseas representing New Zealand, then you've got to be elite level in yep. any sport. You know, so that that yep. bit is, is very similar. Um, the bits that are different is the actual sport itself. Yeah, that's right. that's the, and that's the thing, I guess, a little bit with Taekwondo too, because I've competed in both styles of it. Yes, uh, World Taekwondo, which is the one that's affiliated with the Olympics. Yeah, um, is very you know, there's no punching. All the all the kicks are above the waist. Um, they're very they're very um, tappy tap. Mm. There's not a lot of it doesn't. There is a lot of power in some of them, but not a lot in the point scoring game. And then yep. there's ITF style Taekwondo, which is a lot more aggressive. Um, the, the the differences are subtle, um, but you do notice the difference. I don't know whether it would make too much difference as far, but I think if you are, it depends if also if you're matching them to go maybe into a kickboxing fight or into a full tie rules fight. Yeah, um, yeah. Because yeah. obviously, kickboxing is a lot more action on the feet going round and round, whereas I found in my experience of going into Thai fights from a Taekwondo background that I got mashed because I didn't understand clinch at the time. Um, and <laughs> so I'd go in there and you'd just walk into things that you weren't used to walking into. Um, yeah. I definitely think, you know, if someone's had 70 fights like that, then you're going to chuck them in against someone that's had 10, 15 kickboxing fights. It yeah, pretty... I think that difference is going to be around about there. Um, and they, they would have been training too, right? They, they, they would have been training for that kickboxing fight. So, and they're, they're from a so good like experience yeah. compounded yeah. by training, like proper training for that fight, you know. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, I suppose the next one is um, uh, so t- to me, there's, there's two ways of looking at it it's either adding or subtracting. So, for example, in Taekwondo, you're adding things to your mm. skill set when you fight 
um, Muay Thai, be it Mod Thai, yeah. or whatever, because mm. you normally don't say kick to the leg or whatever the rule set is, you know, yeah. or, or pinch or whatever. Um, so, so I suppose the next one is boxing, which, which to me, I think, from a power point of view, is a lot more relevant. Yeah. If somebody's had, yeah. I don't know, let's pick a number, let's say 10 amateur boxing fights. Yeah. How, many, how many Muay Thai fights do we match them against? Yeah, uh, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a I'd probably I say think... five. Yeah, yeah. I probably yeah. say around the five mark. Amateur, yeah. ten amateur, probably five. I'd say um, like Muay Thai or kickboxing. Yeah. I mean, I remember like there was that guy, um, like Dane Dane Williams. I don't know if you guys remember him. No, he'd had fifty. He had fifty amateur uh, oh, fights, man. and he pretty much just came straight into like top level. Like yeah, he, he, of course. he just like he started fighting like Joey Baylor and stuff like that, like almost immediately. Yeah, you know, yeah. so like all he had to do was just learn how to check, and mm. then he just let his hands go, and he got like a good inside and outside low kick, yeah. and that was him, man. He was just away he went. So yeah, and, think, and yeah, and like you say, you know, if he's got a good boxing like that, and he learns to kick, you know, like it's very similar to a Dutch style, eh, where yep. where it's going to be just 100%. smashing the legs and and yeah. big hands. So um, yeah. Hundred percent. It's a little bit of a tricky one. I I think though, um, you're depending on looking at it a little bit as well. Like, if someone has had seventy taekwondo fights, say, mm-hmm. or or x amount of boxing fights, or whatever, and they're fighting somebody that's pretend, you know, potentially had ten Thai fights or ten kickboxing fights, you would think usually by the stage that that person, had, if it was a first time fight, is it going to be, you know, like. Are they going to be padded, or is it? You know, you know what I mean. Like I, I would tend to think that if I had something like that, if I was asked if one of my fighters wanted to have a go, I'd try and do a bit of a background search on the dude and just see what he's like at Taekwondo. Like there's seventy, you know, there's seventy Taekwondo yeah, but, fights. As you were talking about from a trainer point of view, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it from a matchmaking point of view. How, how right. fair? So, so I agree. As a trainer, you look at the guy. Um, mm. Because, but even as a promoter, I would still oh, be looking yes. at the guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, um, because yeah. as a promoter, you research, but you still got to like make a decision. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Yeah, um, it's a tricky one because, you, like, I know when I'm promoting, I'll have a look at somebody and go, right, oh, he's done this, that, and the next thing. I may have seen him around, or I may have not seen him around. Hmm. Um, you do have that whole lot of a bit of a. Well, the biggest problem is the the fundamental problem is are the coaches being honest for a start and even telling you? Yeah. Um, you've got to you've got to find it out. Yeah, you're going to find that out. You, we assume you got the information. I mean, yeah, so, yeah okay, yeah, I see what you mean. If yeah, you've been told a guy's had zero fights and he's had mm. four hundred, then you, you won't know that. So you're going to match him on zero fights. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's it. I think, um, yeah, it is. It's a tricky one, eh? It is. A so, so, one. so basically, we're, we're we're basing this off of the coach being super honest. Yes, and telling us all the information we need to know. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, um, <laughs> that, that's a good point, Scott. Though that's a good point. You know, like you, want, we just want to clarify that. You know, like be yeah. honest, guys, so we know we can everyone can get matched up fairly here. You know, yeah, because that, <laughs> that seems to be the biggest problem. Because as promoter, like you want to put on, like the fights have got to be fair and they've got to be safe. You yeah. know, so um, so and no one wants to see it. We've seen it a little bit in the past where fighters <laughs> have come in and they've had a whole 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 fighting background that no one sort of knows anything about that hasn't been sort of their first kickboxing fight 
first kickboxing fight, you come out there and they've got a set of tie pads on, or, you know, like a set of shin guards and that on, and they just absolutely clean somebody yeah. out that's like maybe had two or three padded novice fights. Like, you know? like they've had 10 boxing fights and they've had like 20 Kokushin karate fights. Yeah. And that's just like, dude, you basically yeah. had like 15 kickboxing fights. Like yeah. that would be like yeah, the equivalent, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I suppose before we jump to that one, I'll, I'll posit the other way. Sorry, sorry. So, yep. so for boxing, for example, you've got to add skills like clinching yep. and kicking. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. How about yeah, with you, MMA? We actually remove skills. You've got 10 mm. Tell me more type. MMA is a trickier one, bro. I MMA is a lot trickier. So I'm, I'm asking you guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because the experience is relevant. Yeah. He's just a ground fight. I'm like, dude, he's he's had 10 fights. Yeah. And and they've got to have a lot of skill. Um, you know, like they're all MMA, they're going to have their own strengths. Obviously, hmm. a lot in New Zealand earlier in New Zealand come through with the wrestling and that kind of stuff, got into jujitsu as it's evolved. and and um, stuff like that. But a lot of them have gone, like, boxing as well. They've had boxing, then MMA, then... Yeah. yeah then but into something, you know, so... Just 10 MMA fights. Just 10 MMA. Mm. Yeah, it's a tricky... I, I, I reckon it's around, like, ten... six, six or seven, somewhere around there. Like yeah. 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 But I, I, I think I'd agree that MMA is closer linked than, say, boxing. If you're not... Yeah. Like, yeah. 10, 10 boxing, sure. five Muay Thai, MMA, probably around yeah. about seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would sure. agree with that too. Because with with MMA, they're gonna the kicking and everything. The fundament, like the style, is different, obviously, than than tire kickboxing. But the fundamentals of it yeah. are very similar. Because you're gonna have to kick them in the legs. You're gonna have to be able to like knee, elbow, all that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there is those things. I get like their stance is obviously going to be a lot different. But other than that, you know, I, I would be kind of the same. You know, if I had someone that had five or six, seven MMA fights, then I wouldn't, I would be putting with someone that's at least had six or seven Muay Thai kickboxing fights. I would have called it very, fairly even. You know oh, what I mean? Right. Oh, um, so so I've, got, I've got two stories to tell you. All right. About bad matching. Yeah. First one was a New Zealand Kyokushin champion. Um, yeah. So I think he had around about 50, 60, 70, like a lot. And he, he, he was a good fighter. Hadn't fought in a couple of years. Mm. He came yeah. in. And for a padded fight against a first timer. Oh, piss oh, off. No. That's not okay, man. No. And how um, did that can you guess how it went? <laughs> yes, you can. Yeah, yeah, that's sad, man. That's just that's just bullying though. Yeah. Oh no, agreed, agreed, agreed. So in that case, um, I don't want to go into detail, but the person didn't know anything about them. The yes. other fight was oh, actually, actually quite, quite interesting. Is um the first fight between um I think so. Israel Adesanya's first fight. Do you know who that was against? Ooh, first fight. No, I don't. First fight. It was. I know one of his early fights. He fought one of my friends from uni. Yeah, Yeah, no, his very first fight. Okay. No. No. Um, he fought Jamie Eads in his very. Oh, oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I remember that. Actually, yeah, Jamie. The whole dispute about the decision and stuff. Um, but I'm just thinking, like, man, your first fight and you're fighting Jamie Eads. So that time, Jamie Eads had had, I think he's on something like 15 to 20. Like, I mean, like, he's always been a beast from day one. Yeah. You know, yeah. what I mean, like, he's definitely gotten better. But I mean, yeah. God, can you imagine that in your first fight? Yeah. Holy <laughs> Yeah, that's a tough first fight, man. Yeah, his first fight. Wow. 
that that's uh that's yeah that's that's a big. I mean, ask. he also so like another. This is another thing. This is another edge to the blade, you know. So yeah. like the the guy, another guy that um Israel fought quite early on in his career, um was this guy Jerry that um I went to uni with, and like yeah. you know. He he hadn't had many fights at all. I think he only had like one or two fights. Yeah. And I, you know, Israel had a fair few, but but like, or not not that many actually. A, a, like a few. When I say a few, like under ten kind of thing at that time. Mm-hmm. And um, this this kid, you know, but he he been training Muay Thai his entire life with his dad, sparring, yeah. training. He was good. You know, like I sparred with him. He was solid. Um. So there's that as well, isn't there? There's like training age. It's yeah. like how long have you been? How long have you been training for? Yeah. We have that. In, we have that in SNC. When I say that, when I when I when I first talk to someone and have a consult with them, I say, well, how long have you actually done like weights training for, like strength training? And if they say zero, well, I'm like, okay, well, you're you're a beginner. You're yeah. com- like, even if you're a super top level pro at fighting, but you're you're a beginner when it comes to the weights room. You know yeah. what I mean? It's the same yeah. thing with with actual fighting, right? Like, yeah, yeah interesting, yeah. Yeah, well, because the, the hardest thing is obviously we match on paper, but we fight in the ring. Yeah. yeah. So, so no matter what you do, you go, oh, it's dead even. They both had 10 fights, both five knockouts, both the same height, blah, blah, blah. And then one guy smokes the other guy, you know. But yeah. Obviously, all we can do is match as fairly as we can with the information we have. Oh, yeah. Around yeah. a bit, then you kind of know how good they go. Like, man, this guy's had 10 fights, but he's more like a guy's had 30 fights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it is. It's and you look at it, and, and Thailand's, Thailand's a good example for it. You see these dudes that had 300 fights, and you look at their record, and they've had 150 losses. Yeah. And you go, well, he's had 300 fights, 150 losses, and they kind of downplayed that a little bit. And I was like, well, look at those 150 losses. Like, who were they against? Like, And it's the same <laughs> kind of thing, you know. And, and we've found that with some of the females in the South Island is, is that it's hard to get them matched. And, you know, so we end up a lot of the time – you know, having fighters that might have had 10 fights that have to fight girls that have had 20 or 30 fights, you know. And mm. but yeah, you've got I a, think but a I think by, discussion. I think by that, just, yeah, I think by that stage, you kind of, you know, who's going to be able to do what and when. And it's, and you can't do that with, you can't do that when you kind of got a real mixed background that you don't really know what's going on yeah. with it, you know. With, with, with the, the, the female situation is a little bit different because if you've got a limited pool of athletes, Mm. And say say you've got a, a fifty five kilo um female and she's had two fights, mm. but everyone else in the division has had ten fights plus. Mm. Then your your choice is to either jump up and fight, mm. you know what I mean. So sometimes you get you get stuck. Yeah, that's yeah, that's so the scenario is kind of like okay, we're matching on paper. You know, we've got like a whole bunch of names in. We've got mm. this guy was seventy karate fights. You know, we we can't put him in for a padded fight. We've got to do you know what I mean. And I always find mm-hmm. that quite a challenge. Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely, uh, it is a hundred percent a challenge too. Because, yeah, um, and I guess depending on like, again, it comes back to what style he's been. If he's been fighting Kokushin, he's been fighting without pads anyway. Whereas if he's been fighting Taekwondo, the whole thing will have been padded. So, yeah, um, yeah. so yeah, it's got... I still think like using the Taekwondo example again, even though it's, it's a bit more alien compared to say the um, Kyokushin, mm-hmm. then. It's a valid experience. I mean, if, oh. you, if you got overseas and fight in a stadium with like a couple of hundred people, a thousand people, mm. and that, that's that competitive spirit. I mean, imagine oh, if you say yeah. like um, a, a, a top level all black and put them to a first time fight. Apart from being incredibly athletic, yeah. there's performance pressure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's another way you could look at it as well, Mark. Isn't it? You have that's the mentality play. aspect as well, isn't it? 
Yeah. Oh, of course, of course. Mm-hmm. When, then, um, uh, yeah. when, when we match um, corporate fighters, corporate like boxing fighters, um, I always thought this would be like a, a two-tier scale. Um, right. You've got yeah. uh, one, zero to ten on their um, skills. Mm. No, I'm sorry, three-tier scale, rather. One, zero to ten on the skills. Two, the duration of their training. So they're just on like a 12-week camp or they've been training for like two years and done a 12-week camp. Mm. Yep. And then the third one, on the scale of from couched potato to former um, all back, <laughs> from a flip. No, I mean because you've got somebody's like it's a fair play. It's a fair play. Yeah, that's what I'm laughing. Yeah, well, yeah like, it's a valid <laughs> point, right? I mean, like, you, you know it yourself, yeah. Steve. You've you've trained yeah. some of these guys, and then like um, I don't know if you've ever trained any of the um, like some of my favourite athletes, uh, the elite level rugby league guys, and oh my god, these guys are off the charts. Like yeah. they beat every single scale. Like you're almost yep. like that. They're a different human, you know. You got the genetic freaks. You've got those. You know, so oh, so you, even you, even if they don't know how to fight, but they have like just inherent natural power. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So so we've got one of those guys who used to be a um, Kiwi international. Just a hypothetical example. Um, yeah. Trained for twelve weeks. Never done any, any boxing before, and we put him against a guy who likes an IT consultant who's also only done twelve weeks training and never boxing before. Mm. <laughs> straight away you go like yeah like, their school levels are six on both yeah. however you want to manage it you go like i don't know if that's fair <laughs> yeah, yeah that's right. but then you don't know the potential of the guy that's the it um because Ooh. just because there's just because he just because there's different job doesn't mean that he's not he went down the it route, route but he's he's a beast man he's a beast. yeah you know yeah, well, <laughs> some people are beast i'm just saying that overall yeah. Like, I mean, you've got the added factor of, I mean, if someone's a yeah. specimen, they've already got an advantage. That's all. Yeah. That's yeah. All. yeah. And, and if you're like an athletic, like if you're like an ex rugby league international or whatever, which I know is mm. an extreme example, then they're a super athlete. Let's be honest. I mean, they're, yeah, they're, yeah, 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 yeah. incredible. And we'll see it, we'll see it, I guess, with the fight for life coming up because that's all going to be yeah. ex league players and stuff. And that's usually a bit of a cracker. Um, well, yeah, but like the normally it's ex league. Versus ex-union players, and you always bet in the league players. Yeah. Always bet in the league players, mate. If, if you can make any money, you're always bet in the league players because they're normally just better conditioned and they, they win so often. I think they win about eighty percent of the time. Wow, that's a that's an interesting stat, bro. I think yeah, that's, that's that, my that makes best, sense. You know, I used to try to make, make money in pubs with people on that, and then <laughs> that, that's an interesting that's an interesting stat there, and I think it makes sense because if you look at the nature and the just like the pure demand of their sport comparatively. Yeah. You're like, well, mm. the lead player from a conditioning perspective is going to have just a just a higher level, a higher base level in terms of output, which is going to be more like transferable over into something like combat sports. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it's not to say that like the, the union players aren't good. It's just from a conditioning no. perspective, mm. yeah, yeah. Plus, they yeah, often, right. a, lot, a lot of league clubs that do a lot of um, milling, um, yeah. milling, which um, the version that I'm ever reading about, which I thought was quite interesting, is they do, everyone throws their gloves on, but often everyone, it's one-on-one or sometimes like just a free-for-all and everyone boxes as hard as can. But for safety, they normally just do body shots only. Yeah. Here's the interesting part. They get everyone on their knees. Oh, real? <laughs> but, you, but you can imagine, like, you get some of those guys here, you go like, man, these guys are going to hurt hard. Yeah, yeah I, guess, I guess the knees thing it limits how much power they can put in, so they don't break each other. It limits the, the rotational factor, but yeah. there's still going to be a lot of thumping going on. Oh, yeah, sure. all good till you get hop whitey. That's all good. 
crouching tiger hidden finger. Yeah. <laughs> oh, anyway, so, um, and then, the, of course, you've got the other thing as well, Mark, where you yeah. move on, where you've got a 15-year-old fighter that's had, you know, 20 or 30 fights. He's fought um, in the worlds. He's fought all over the show. Yes. And then you're trying to – and he can't find any opponents – yeah. Um, in New Zealand. And so he's got a sort of, I know the cap usually works in around about fighting within about two years at that kind of age group, um, yeah, two to three years. Two but years under 18 or something all, like that. All of, yeah, under 18. But then all of a sudden, okay, he's got a guy that's 17 or 18 that could be an opponent that might have had 15 fights, you know, half the half the experience. Um, there's, there's that whole thing as well, you know, like um, – 17 i don't know whether it's you know the, the difference between a 15 year old and a 17 or an 18 year old strength wise is is not going to be the same as like a 17 year old to a 21 year old or something like that but there is still going to be those kind of things to look out for as well um yeah wh- how do you go on that well i, I suppose and this is where we're gonna put it to steve um put, put you on the spot a little bit so so one one thing i've found is that there's kids and there's kids so as a kid as I said, I was, I was a wee little runt and, and very, very weak. Whereas, like, we've had kids in our class that, even though they're my build, they would have ripped, me, ripped my arms off. You mm-hmm. know, so, yeah. so, so what, what, what I've found from anecdotal experience is once people are adults, they've kind of maxed out their strength. But sometimes you've got kids who are like 50% the strength of another kid the same size, mm. you know, which to me makes matching kids a nightmare from, from a, a fairness perspective. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because it's changed a lot since I started fighting because I, I, I can remember like me, Kane, Paris, Ricky. I mean, Kane, yeah. Kane Conlon is a great example because we, we both had our fights on the on the same night, our first fights. Yeah. And he fought a 21-year-old and he was yeah. like, I think, 15 at the time, yeah. if yeah. I remember correctly. But he, he smashed the dude. He gave him a hiding. He yeah. absolutely smashed. The, the dude that he fought was probably about 10 kilos bigger than him. He was yeah. a he was like a like a high level like a decent surfer. He was yeah. jacked. He was big. He was strong. But Kane just smashed him, you know. Yeah. And I was like, well, like that was like a really cool cool moment, you know. Like um, I I fought someone that was like bang on the same age as me. We we're like very evenly matched. It was it was a great yeah. fight. Um, yeah. whereas whereas Kane fought fought this this dude that was like it was it was like it was like intense, you know. We were like holy shit, this this dude is massive. But yeah. but, Kane, but then but then Kane smashed him, you know. So it was like, oh, yeah. But I mean, I was like, but it was like, whoa, okay, you know. So so it's it's an interesting one too because if you put them both in the weight room, room right? if you put them in the weights room, you'd be like, damn, there's no way this dweeby like scrawny mm. little white boy with cornrows is gonna beat like out bench <laughs> this jack okay, surfer, right? You know, you look at these two and you're like, there's no way that guy's gonna ever in any lifetime beat mm. this dude in a fight. But you put them in the ring, you know, it was just like. Kane's reach and his leverage and his skill set, and he would just yeah. just lean just ever so slightly out of the way, and then just come back with a monster right hand, and then he just yeah. just decimated the guy's leg as he does, and like you know, so so that was like a really like that was like a skill versus like strength paradigm there, you know, because yeah, both their first fights, but I think just because of the sparring and the training we got when he mm. first that dude, he was able to just annihilate him, you know, oh, even though he was like twenty one. <laughs> you know so it's just like really interesting it's just this whole thing is just so interesting you know like i think they need yeah 
this the skill component that this is where i would refer it back to training age it's like yes, okay 100 how long has he trained for that's the because kane had been training for a long time you know he'd he'd been training from when he was like young young you know no fights yeah. but he'd been yeah. training for a long time so so i think that that's where that skill component came in yeah. the other dude that maybe he was training for six months but he was like jacked and like really big and solid and mm. 21 as well you know so yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a, it's an interesting concept Dave, because we had like we you know when we had aj foster with us like he started training with us and now he's um up with Vinny and that up at combat center yeah. and it was the same thing man like he was always tiny he was a small kid but you know he won he won the new zealand light welterweight title at whatever that was um 63.5 he was 55 kilos and then he then he went through and defended that and he was still five kilos lighter and then he won the he had the 47 kilo one and then he had you know i think he ended up with he was the new zealand title holder in three different weight ranges and he and he he didn't grow at all you know and and then and then now I know with Vinny and that, like he's a great wee fighter. He's he's made his way into the New Zealand team from Malaysia, and but no one will fight him. He's got no one to match him with. You know, like I tried to have a match for Vendetta, and the only person I could find to fight him, he was going to be. He had to fight at sixty five, and this kid was nineteen, and and AJ's only fifteen, sixteen. You know, but yeah. and I looked at that, and I was like, well, this kid's had one of these guys has had six fights. I think he had one win and five losses, but he's also 19 years old he's got that you know he's turning into a man yeah. you know he's got that strength and we've got young aj that's developing still okay he's had seven or eight fights nine fights with no losses he's a four-time new zealand champion but still he's 16 years old 15 16 years old like yeah at what point do you say right we need to get these kids some fights that you know because otherwise what yeah. happens they, they say and you've, we've seen it a lot with the girls especially teenage girls you know, um, the last 10 years, some of those girls that came out um, for the New Zealand team, you know, um, like um, Mel Mackey's girls and and the girls from um, Rock Topo and, and, you know, like there's girls that have – and uh, um, the two young Nesbitt girls or the Nesbitt girls, you know, like awesome. they get to that level where they're just awesome. They've got an amazing background but just no one to fight or no one will fight them. And um, – it's just like, well, what point do we say, right? Oh, well, when can they fight some adults, you know, with a, a lower experience? Well, I suppose that lead, leads on to the the next subject, or segues in rather, which is kind of talking about a, a pathway. Mm. So um, we, we know that in the UK they have different um, grades, like they've got different classes, right? like C class, B class, A class. Mm. Yeah, and, and the great thing about this from a, a progression point of view is you've got to have X number of C-class fights, then yeah. X number of B-class. So it gives you like a, a, a way of moving forward in the sport and also mm. matching you fairly. So if you can only have, you know, I can't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but um, five C-class fights and you get pushed to be a um, B-class fighter and you get mm. moved up, then it means you should always be matched within a, a, a relatively fair bracket. Mm. That this is a great point, guys. I think, yeah, you, you, like this is this is it, really, isn't it? This is the solution, mm. in, in, a, in a lot of in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. Especially as the population here in New Zealand kind of like in, increases, it's going to become more prevalent as well. Something like this is necessary. I hope, yeah. I hope I hope the fighting population increases. I, 
I think it is increasing because you see, like, come off out of COVID, but there's just so many fight shows this year. There's just yep. heaps, and they're all, they're all they're all like thirteen to twenty fights. You right, know, like it's, it's bloody massive show. shows. So I think that the, that is growing. The UK, I think, is a great system um, for the for the CB and A class and the yeah. adults. I don't know what they do as far as the youth go. Uh, um, they, got, they got a similar system. They have youth grades, also. Um, uh, that the youth has done a little bit different, but either way, I suppose always saying that it is a, a progression. And yeah, I think that's that's we we have problems with limited limited pool. Yeah. So the um the the kids that go away and fight and they're absolutely phenomenal with the black gloves and stuff. They come yeah. back, and now the problem is, from a matching point of view, they've had sixteen or eighteen fights. They're fifteen yeah. years old, and there's three people in their division. Yeah, like New Zealand, and the other two people have had two fights. Yeah, and it's just like, well, they either sit back and wait, or they have to move to Thailand, which they can't do, you know, when they're at school. It's just difficult, right? Yeah, you know, I suppose. I mean, to me, in an ideal world, we'd have like I don't know, a hundred thousand fighters in New Zealand, whatever the number is, so you Mm. can fight often, you could match as fairly as possible. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, and this is the thing, and this is where it starts becoming really tricky as well, and. And again, as well, I've found in the experience, is um, getting honest records for youth fighters because they, they they don't they don't seem to come out that you know you sort of you do your research and you see oh actually this person's actually had quite a lot more than what's been told I've been had or or yeah. less you know um, yeah. it makes it pretty hard um, but yeah they need a system and there's there's more and more kids getting into it like it's, it, seems to be that there's more gyms growing which is going to create more opportunity but i don't see that that's going to change a hell of a lot in the next five years until all those kids have actually had those 15 or 20 fights you know yeah um and 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 then and then it's a matter of you get that experience into them and they hit puberty or whatever they get a little bit older and all of a sudden they've got social factors that come into it and so all that then they kind of disappear and so you get back to having another you might have had 20 fighters you end up with four or five that are left that sort of try and continue and they're in the same boat yeah, um, it's, a show. it's even harder when they just can't, they've got no fights to even keep them active. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what the solution is, apart from like, you know, if we had like millions of dollars to throw at the sport, then yeah, you know, I always had this um, this theory, and it's, it's quite a wild theory, but I, I, I still believe in it. Imagine if every time you fought in New Zealand, if you won, you got a million dollars, yeah, if you lost, you got five hundred thousand dollars. I would yeah. say within 10 years, we will be the best fighting nation in the entire world. I'm not saying it's possible, but just imagine that because everybody would fight. People would move here just to fight. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's true. That's that's a valid point. Um, I think, yeah, it's an interesting point. I think with the the with the adults, it's not so bad. I think it's easy enough to um, to get a bit of a system going there. Like there's, um, and I don't mean to push the whole. I don't mean to push my own agenda. I just want to use it as an example. But I've been doing it with AMTA with like Vendetta and a few other shows where. Um, you know, it is points based. So, um, you know, let's see classes up to nine points. Those mm. fights are um, they're either no head strikes at all or yeah. all head strikes. And that's padded Can you elbows. Just explain the point system just for anyone who's listening who doesn't quite understand. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, the way I look at it um, for AMTA, as far as the, like, I guess how I would run the rankings and stuff is 
Three points is for a win. One point is for a loss. You get another point if you fight with elbows, and you get another point if you um, win by knockout or TKO. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also any fight that's a draw. You know, like some of these shows that are, um, you know, the like a non-contest kind of thing, like an exhibition mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Um, where no one is the winner, you get a point for that as well. Um, now. So when you get to nine points, so the first first nine points, your C class, so it's fully padded. You know, you got you can either have head strikes or no head strikes at all. Um, which the reason that is is to actually encourage Thai style rather than anything. You take the head strikes out, all of a sudden you've got to work more with clinch and kicks and taps yeah. and stuff like that. So wonderful. Um, so that's the thing. If you win, you get three points. Go through. Once you hit. Um, nine points then you can go up into b class b class you lose all the padding except for your elbow pads um and and it goes on once you hit 20 points then you go to a class um a classes you know five twos um no padding no, no none of that and then you work right through to elite classes 50 points you know and once you get into there it's not a not necessarily a pro class but i try and match anybody that's in there um that they're getting paid you know what i mean they've got that yeah. step um now it seems to be working quite well because it means that there is some fighters out there that um you know they have they don't get the wins you know they need a little bit more time so they only get a point so it means that yes some of them can have eight padded fights but if they've never won it's keeping them in the sport you know like if you if you say, right, you're only there to have three padded fights and you've got to go to no pads and you've never won a fight, then, yeah. then you know, like, they, they're not going to stick around for that. They, they need more time. And, and I've found that it seems to be giving those guys a little bit more of a chance to get their confidence up. They get a win and all of a sudden, like, all oh, right, now we can do it. You know, like, I don't... Yeah, yeah. Because they're matched in a similar way, then it's all good. The other thing you can do too is if you've got a novice fighter that comes out, wins his first two fights by knockout, and decides, right, I want to go straight into fighting A class. He can, and and if he goes and does that, and he wins, he stays in A class. You know yep. what I mean? Yep. Like it, it gives them that that wee bit to be able to um, jump start. You know, to get towards where the money is, which ideally is that elite class or those elite class titles or whatever. Um, and and I know it's only me that's doing it. And a couple of the AMTO shows that have done it, but it it does kind of work. But it's just trying to get. Yeah, if we could do something New Zealand wide like that, then it would be. So, if someone wins awesome. by knockout, do they get a lot? They get more points. Is that right? They, they get a bonus point for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay, sweet. Yeah. So, um, okay. and then w- what I do is when I do, like it was the rankings, but it's now I've changed it to a fight record system so that everybody can use it. It's just pretty much <laughs> just tracking anybody that's fighting kickboxing or tie what their records are. It's a promoter thing. I will use that for um, AMTA. Um, just you know, as far as um, whether they're title worthy or stuff yeah. like that, you know, um, yeah. and so that's where those those wee yeah. things for a knockout you get that extra point, you know. Or, yeah. but I'm also trying to encourage people to, you know, there is the problem where there's the novice fights that people don't declare them on their records, and yeah. and I see that as being a little bit of a problem too because there is gyms round that have had five or six. Um, fights, you know, sort of on a little wee background show in the back with padded fights and stuff like that, that all of a sudden, oh, how many fights has he had? Oh, he's had none. And so next thing he goes in there into a padded fight, he's had five or six that yep. haven't been declared. 
because yeah. they've been a draw or whatever, or an exhibition match or whatever you want to call yeah. it. Um, and so it's encouraging those guys to then say, hey, I can actually get more points if I declare that. So, um, no idea. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's yeah. just an example. And I'd kind of base that off what sort of happens in the UK a little bit with their adult system. Yeah. Um, yeah, right. And it does work well. And I, and I found that matching the fights for my shows, doing it that way, has made them. I don't really think I've actually ever had any really one-sided fights um, oh, in the show. Um, and I think that's a seems to work anyway for me. Um, okay. Anyway, long way off the topic a bit. Yeah, it's a good. That's a good bit of like you know anecdotal evidence, I guess, right? Like from mm. from your end. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, it's just an experiment, really, just to see yeah. how it would work. And and, and I, my big the biggest problem is that I think in New Zealand is we get these fighters that come in, they have two or three fights, goes pretty well, but then you try and look for fighters that have had five to ten fights. And that's a hard bracket to find. And then it gets even harder when you try to find 10 to 15. And, I'm, and I wonder whether it's because we've thrown them into an area of fighting that they don't really want to be in just yet. You know, like taking the pads off them too early or they've been said, right, oh, you've had three padded fights. You've got to go and fight now without pads. And they're not ready for it. And they've, they've walked away. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's a hard one, isn't it? I mean, you, you mm-hmm. want, it's like you want to have an exit interview to understand why people aren't in the sport. Sometimes people just like have a few because it's a bucket list thing. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, it, it can be quite arduous. Yeah, um, yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've, I've got a, a quick story to tell, um, just about matching. So I was speaking to a trainer and I said, Hey, you, you said your boys had uh, three fights. The trainer goes, Yeah, I said, Well, I've just found out he had like another three in Aussie, so that's six fights. He goes, oh, no, I, d- I didn't think you, you you counted overseas fights. <laughs> what? Then, no, no. So I said, I said, like, yeah, that's cool. I've got a guy who's had two fights in New Zealand. Um, uh, it's called Petawee. Um, um, would your guy be okay to match him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the guy goes, oh, oh, oh. Well, no. Nah. I said, well, he's only had two fights in New Zealand. Your guy's had three. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's got one more fight in school than him. Come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell, man? I mean, come on, like all fights count. Yeah. You can't say a fight from overseas doesn't count. What's going on? That, yeah. That's ridiculous. Oh, that, good, good analogy. Good, good, uh, yeah, good, good. You played that well, man. I like that. Yeah, that's a <laughs> sneaky way to do it. Eh? Sometimes you just have yeah, to yeah. listen a little bit and find the question, eh? Yeah. Man. Yeah. Um. I, I, okay. So I, I suppose uh, we should move on to upcoming fights, gentlemen. Yeah, man. Yep. There's a big yep. weekend this weekend, man. There's a yeah. Big so, weekend, so the Rumble Show. Um. Because oh. there's two, two fight shows, I suppose. So the Rumble Show has got some bloody good fights. Um, yeah. Uh. So I suppose it's two or three standout fights to me. Um, yeah. There's Jordan's fight. So Jordan Smart versus Rob Horrocks fight. I think yeah. that fight's going to be. Well, I, I don't think Jordan Smart has ever been in a boring fight, and neither has Rob Horrocks. So, so you know, straight away, you've got two A-class entertainers here, you know? Um, yeah. it's, it's interesting because it's actually King of the Ring rules. So three times three-minute King of the Ring mm. rules. Yeah. Um, but I reckon that fight is going to be absolutely Yeah. Fire. Yeah, it, it, it's a good-looking good fight, I think. Hey, um, Jordan, like... Rob's got a lot of experience. Uh, Jordan mm. is pretty slippery, though, man. He um he moves around on his feet quite nicely. He's in and out. He can take a hit. Um, and the power in his hands. Yeah, he does. He's got a lot of power. Um, I does, does, Jordan, does Jordan have a lot of knockouts? 
Um, I'm not actually sure. I, was re- I think he's had a three or four. Yeah, three or four, yeah. I think. Yeah. Hey? yeah. yeah. Okay. So a lot, a lot, a lot. When he hits with his hands, man, mm. you, you, you look at him and go, I just don't understand the power base from this gentleman. Yeah. Yeah, right. he's, he's and he's fought some good guys, man. Like he, I, th- I I could be wrong, and apologies if I am. But did he beat um, Lucas McAdam for the New Zealand NZMF title? He, he did. did. That was a very close fight, judging from the crowd. Um, yeah, very very close. I, fight. I think I remember that yeah. that fight. It was a split decision, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like I'm, I'm, I'm. I felt yeah. like Lucas kind of edged that, but like it, it was a close fight. He definitely had the like the the better boxing, like the better punching. Yes. Yeah. Um, but Lucas yeah, so was, Lucas yeah. looked real slick with it. He he had quite a lot of control, kind of with his sweeps Overall, and stuff like that. Yeah. I think for memory, yeah. eh? And and what what's even bigger to me is that that was like I think I think it was four or five fights ago. You know, yeah, so right. he's a good guy since, and yeah. he's been on a tear up. And I mean, he just wants the hard fights. Plus, he's had either two or three MMA fights. Yeah. One of the fights was for, um, I'm not sure if I get this right, but it was for a New Zealand title. I think it was on the Shuriken show. Okay. So, so, so he's, he's like, he's, 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 he's training his ass off, you know? Yeah. And he's just got the WKBF title too, didn't he? Is that the one that he got against Hendrick? Yes. Yes, he did. He did. Yeah. He did. And that was a cool fight, man. Like oh, he, um, fight, man. It's one of the best oh. fights I've seen for ages. I was I was quite impressed with Jordan. I, I I think he moves quite well. He's slippery. He's good on his feet. He's got good footwork. He goes inside and outside pretty good. Um, he's obviously got a bit of a chin on him. Like he's, I've seen him take some pretty big hits, and he sort of walks through it. And he yeah. is quite aggressive too. So um, could be pretty interesting. But I know, you know, Rob Rob's a whole other fighter, man. Like, yeah. And he's you know, Rob would be the favourite. For sure. Yeah. I, so. I mean, I think that's why Jordan wants to fight Rob. He wants to right. fight Rob. You know, like, yeah. like man, I love I love fighters that like that. They're going like, yeah, you might be the favorite, man, but I'm bringing my A game. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the thing. And you can't, Respect, you can't, Hell can't yeah. ever, like, if someone's got that sort of confidence against something, you know, like, and clearly Rob won King in the Ring, you know, like, he's a, yeah. he's a mean fighter. It's, it's King in the Ring rules. Um, and, and, and Rob's, Rob is the king at that weight range. Um, but, yeah. But you well, got to admire. You got to. What's that? I think he's the king at sixty-eight. This is well, 68, 68. Yeah, sorry, sixty-eight. He, 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 yeah. he, he lost to Dominic, right? So I, I, I would say that Dominic's probably like the king right now, um, yeah. unless unless oh, Nick would make one make a comeback. I know you, you, you got the big argument there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> unless Nick yeah, no. wants to make a comeback, you know, but yeah. it looks like he's going down the MMA route. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's, yeah, it'd be tricky. Yeah, so it is. Yeah, sorry. So it is. It is the. It wasn't a quarter at that weight range. Sorry, not not Rob was sixty eight, but but Rob, man, Rob's been over at Boonchu. So, um, and I was spoken with him today. Um, yeah, he's been sparring John Wayne Parr. He's been training twice a day, doing his own thing, not having to run his own gym. Um, you know, and sparring with some ex-fight science guys that are over there. Um. Rob's going to be pretty well prepared, I reckon. Um, oh, he'll be super well prepared. Seems yeah. like he's almost like borderline over prepared. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, he, he's but there's no such good. thing as that, right? You know, like he yeah, just wants he... to put on a good show. So good on him there. Rob's, Rob's also yeah. preparing for Apex and other things, you know. So I suppose yeah. he's like preparing not just for your next fight, but for your career. Yeah. The other fight that looks really cool is uh, Toss uh, Ramica versus Tristan Hammond. That's for the uh, uh, that's for super light heavyweight. Hey. Yeah, super light heavyweight. Um, 
Toss, man, uh, honestly, I I really like Toss's style. I know he's yeah. in the, um, I think it's the 80 kilo King of the Ring later in the year. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, he's going to bring the fire. Yeah. Oh, it'll be a good fight. And Tristan's a hell of a scrapper, too. I He, I think for memory, did he fight on um, a TMT show last year? I think he got injured at the end of it. He, he did something to his knee or something happened to him, but he's tough man or he did his Achilles or something happened anyway. So I think he's been out for a wee while, but he's an exciting fighter and, and toss because he hasn't had that many fights, has he? But he's just naturally really good. I think toss is in about eight or nine fights. Yeah. yeah. Um, something like that. I, th- I think, I think and I'm, I'm probably going to get this wrong. So I'm sure I'm going to get some abuse from someone. Um, yeah. I think he's on something like um, eight or nine wins. Yeah, something like six KOs. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. Please, please, please correct me on that. Yeah, because he fought um, Noah Shepard. Um, yes, yeah, he did. It was that Friday, and he did he get did he get Noah with a was it a head kick or something like yeah. real out the gate? Yeah, yeah. No, no, that was that was a scary head kick. It was especially mm. powerful. Eh? Yeah, no, that'll be a cool fight. Um, I I think it'll be a war. Um, I think <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be. Be hectic, man, because Tristan he does throw some bombs, man. He he, he can hit pretty hard, yeah. um, and and guess you know training under Tommy, um, he'll be pretty solid. But again, you know with Jordan and and Toss both under Kevin, they're going to be pretty solid. I mean, and this is the thing, even even with Rob, you know, like this is the thing, like you got to give full credit to to Kevin. You know, those guys are great fighters. He's also just helped set Rob up to go and you know helped organize that with with John Wayne Parr and stuff like that and and um you know and to, to send your opponent over to the gym where you're also a, a really good <laughs> respected like because Kevin's a respected trainer man you know him and John Wayne have been really good friends obviously for a while he's helped him so many times so that whole show with those two fights alone is just going to be mental I think yeah there's a couple of other good fights in there as well yeah. Um, so Meg's fighting uh, Tammy from down your way. I just saw that. Tammy oh yeah, Tammy's got idea. Like, yeah. Meg's fifty-five and Tammy's fifty-nine point one. So it's, it's a massive weight advantage at, at that. That's almost well, almost ten percent. You know. Yeah, but Tammy's also usually fought around that fifty-five kind of mark. Oh yeah. Too, so, yeah, yeah. I, um, I definitely think it's a good fight. Yeah, it'll be a good fight. Tammy's actually Tammy's been battling around for a long time, man. Like she's yeah. been fighting for a long time and. She's gutsy, man. Like I, I saw her fight. fight. She fought on one of um, Rochelle's shows, one of those um, lethal ladies or what they are. She fought somebody that was really talented, and yeah. she, so she can she can bang. And, and Tammy always, she's one of those girls that walks around with her heart on her sleeve. You know, she gives it, she gives everything. So that'd be a pretty good fight, I think. Be mm. cool. Otherwise, um, there's also I think Next Generation Eight. Up in oh Lincoln. yeah, yeah. Um, they've they've got that's the Bell Moral show, eh? I don't think it is actually. I, I I'm just trying to check. Um, oh, I thought Bell Moral Legal were putting that show on. Oh, so um, definitely on there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes, um. So and the, I think the main fight. Well, the main fight for that is um, Rowan from Balmoral and um, Isaac from uh, Mike Porte's gym, a freestyle MMA. Um. That's going to be quite an interesting fight, I'd say. Rowan, I remember I judged him on one of 
Greg Nisbet's shows. He yeah. fought out. He he's originally from um, City Liga um, under with Tony. Uh, I think he's five and zero, so I don't think he's ever lost. Um, and he's he's recently changed. I think he's he's sort of gone over and he's training with um, Lolo and that now. Yeah. Um, and then. He was a really exciting fighter to watch. I remember. I think he was. He was. He's pretty technical. He's got. Some, he's got some beautiful power. Yeah. Um, and Isaac from Freestyle. I was talking to Mike tonight just to see what they've been up to. And um, he's had nine fights. Um, he's had six of them. He's won by knockout. Um, Heck. So that guy can scrap as well. Um, I think. I think actually there might be different shows because one's in Waihe and the other one's in New Lynn. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll... Forgive my Auckland geographic knowledge. Steve will probably correct me if I'm wrong, but I assume they're different places. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not too sure. Um, one, well, yeah, this one. So the Balmoral League gym is the one that's putting on that title fight. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's they're also doing the. I think I think it's actually a fundraiser for their youth for their youth team. Yes. Um, yeah. So they're trying trying to promote their youth team as much as possible. Yeah, so it's a WKA title, WKA middleweight, K1. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how those boys go because obviously the last king of the ring was middleweight. So um, I'm guessing these guys, their their path is probably to win this and then probably trying to step up to look into that. So it'll be interesting to see because they're both relatively young dudes, I think. Um, yeah, they're both talented as. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. are. So yeah, it'll be a cool, cool show. I'm not too, I haven't seen the actual the rest of the card for that show, but um, that'll be a cool fight. It'll be a cool it's fight. Fun. Well, gentlemen, I think this is um, about us. Um, any any sign-off notes from you, Steve? No, I think that that's really cool. I mean, like like some of the guys that you guys are talking about, I'm I'm, I'm not super familiar with, so I'm just kind of yeah. taking taking everything in. Um, yeah. You know, Southside, it's all good. Um, but yeah, <laughs> no, I think I think for now that that that's good. Um, I yeah. think we should touch base again before that next the the four men that's coming up that Ashia, yes. Tony, and um, Alex and everyone. Yeah, um, I think that's, that's, I think quick quick news on that. John Bruin has um he's out of that, unfortunately. Oh, 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 no. um, which is a shame because I love seeing it, but Mike Cuppy's coming in absolutely hungry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that guy, man. He's he's man. just like he's just on his own buzz there, you know, and it's, it's cool yeah. to see. Good on yeah, him, man. man. Respect Full to that. Credit, man. That is awesome. That's a shame. What happened to John? I, I'm not entirely sure to be honest. Um yeah, mm. so I suppose next um the next podcast um that'll be in a couple of weeks. So that'll be that'll be that'll be the Thursday. That'll be the couple of days before that show. Yeah, so probably yeah. So, so we talk about then. We're also going to talk. Uh, we're going to have some special guests on. Uh, we're talking about uh, training oh, women, training in... female fighters. Yeah, we're going to yeah. have the Wahini Toa ladies join us. Um, yes. It's going to be awesome. I think. Sounds things. like we're going to have um uh, Miriam and um. Mel Dykes and I think uh, Claudia as well. So awesome. um, what a lineup! Yeah, so I think uh, I <laughs> think that'd be, be an that's awesome a cool topic, one, man. Yeah, that'd that's be cool. So, anyway, guys, um, thanks very much. Thanks to everybody that's listening and tuning in. We really appreciate that we're getting a lot of love um, from the from the community. I was kind of expecting we might get like ten or fifteen people listen, but we're actually getting quite a few. So. Just keep us up to date with your shows and your info on that, and um, and we'll do our best to get it out there for you. That'd be cool. Yeah, thanks, guys. Have a good one. Yeah. All okay. up, guys. Take See care. You later, team. Bye. See you.
Fighting Talk NZ. Fighting Talk NZ.